0: Costs to originate keep rising even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome everyone. My guest today is lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about mortgage rates moving lower, potentially much lower. Logan, welcome back to the podcast.
1: It is wonderful to be here, Sarah.
0: It is wonderful to have you on a day when we can talk about will mortgage rates get lower than six percent.
1: I know it's uh, what a five weeks, isn't it? I mean, just you know, we you know one of the reasons we created the tracker article this year is that um, we want everyone to be kind of focused with the most forward-looking data possible because the housing market can turn on a dime and it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about 8% mortgage rates and what would that do to the housing market and you know buyer demand going to, and everything's flipped in a, in a, in about a few weeks so the question is can mortgage rates get under 6%
0: oh i hope the answer is yes so we are recording this on Wednesday, right? And we are both at the Indiana Association of Realtors conference, state conference which has been amazing, and this is the talk of uh, of the whole thing.
1: Yeah, you know what um as as I'm talking right now the 10-year yield is 4.11%. So, we're back into the normal channel. Uh the the forecast range of 2023 was Uh, four and a quarter on the top end and uh, 3.21 on the uh, low end with the Gandalf line being around 3.37. So for mortgage rates in a a normal market, that's seven and a quarter to 5.75%, that range. But also we have to incorporate that the spreads got worse early this year after the uh, banking crisis happened. So uh, mortgage rates would be even lower today if we had the same type of spreads right before the crisis happened. But I mean, in theory, we would be under six percent today if we had normal spreads.
0: I, I like the theory. I <laughs> wish we were there. So this is all really interesting because it's not like the Federal Reserve has lowered its its uh, federal funds rate.
1: No, this is pretty much uh, e- economic data. And one thing that we we can we can say now that really the 10-year yield shouldn't have gone to five percent or uh or eight percent mortgage rates uh economic growth what was very strong in the third quarter and uh jobless claims did get better but the fed really chose the worst time to get hawkish and we kind of in a sense wasted three months uh of dealing with this when we didn't need to but what's happened you know the labor data's getting softer uh job openings which is the feds one of their favorite labor uh, market data lines is now down to eight eight point seven million i i would argue if you took a trend line of job openings data going all the way back to 2014 it's broken down right and i know the fed might want to see job openings at seven million but boy it looks pretty much where it should be around kind of 8.8 8.9 million and now we're a little bit below that so uh the labor market is not breaking, but it's not tight anymore. The quit percentages are back to pre-pandemic highs. The ADP jobs report came in uh, lighter than anticipated. We have, by the time this uh, podcast comes out, we'll have jobless claims that comes uh, out every Thursday. And that's always been the key data line for me in 2023. So yields have come down. Uh, we're still higher <laughs> than it's the irony of all this is that the 10-year yield of mortgage rates is still higher today than where we were kind of where we had the peak growth rate of inflation you know uh, uh where we were running at 8 9% so there's room to go lower uh without the fed doing anything what we cannot have and i hope you're listening neil Kashkari. we cannot have fed members even remotely say oh well bond yields are going down mortgage rates are going down that's you know, that's bad. You know, people will buy homes again. Just let it go. Right. The, the long end is doing so much of your work. You know, uh, uh you don't need to ruin it. And I, I'm just hoping that that experience with the 10 year old going to 5%, uh, wakes them up, but to get under 6% mortgage rates, it's a very simple model. You get back down to the low end of the channel this year, um, I, the Gandalf line still holds, right? If we get below 3.37, I still think the labor market needs to break for that, which, which to me means jobless claims gets above 323,000. But you're starting to get a sense here that, you know, as we have talked about for, for a, f- a few months now, the history of economic cycles is that, you know, when the market and the Fed believes it's done, you're going to see that rally in the 10 year yield, you're going to see that rally in mortgage rates. We've already had that. Right, just assuming that the first rate cut is March, uh, bond yields have moved ahead of that as they should have. That's that that's pretty normal. You get lower bond yields and you get the spreads getting better. Oh yeah, we are we are definitely under six percent. That's not that's not even that's not uh, anything abnormal. That you get that ten year yield down and you get the spreads down together. You are getting under six percent mortgage rates. Now the question is, you know, how do we get the ten year yield down? you know economic growth slows down uh, the labor market softens up if you get fe- fed rate cuts next year i still think the economic data outweighs that uh, because i think i think there's a understanding now that the fed is done and basically mortgage rates in the bond market is Actingly, accordingly to what we've seen in previous economic cycles.
0: So it's like what you just said that the bond market has gotten out ahead of the Fed. They've already sort of said this is what you wanted. This is what the levels are. So that's why we are where we are.
1: Yes, and and you know last year we got five point nine nine percent. So we we uh, actually uh, even early this year we we did that. But last, you know, when the ten-year yield got down to that Gandalf line. And it's funny, I was trying to, I, I when I speak at these events, I got to explain the Gandalf line and people, you know, it, it, the people laugh, but I was like, li- literally, um, that Gandalf line was tested eight times this year, <laughs> you know, it was tested eight times. And then there's also the banking crisis. So I could totally understand why people thought I was crazy. I kept on saying, you won't pass, you won't pass. You know, they're, oh no, the Fed's going to cut rates. And then and I said, no, the labor market isn't breaking. So um, now... I think it's 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 different. If I don't think you're going to get much of a pushback if the growth rate of inflation is falling and the labor market gets softer, the ten-year yield should go lower. And again, the spreads getting better now becomes you know uh, a, 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 a very nice surprise positive for the housing market for the United States of America. This probably not a positive if you're a very bearish American citizen, but uh, outside of that, uh, the, you know if we were getting to 5.99% mortgage rates earlier this year with a 10-year yield you know just fighting that Gandalf line imagine that with better spreads you got your you got your sub 6% market and you know we're we're talking about this now cuz the, the 10-year yield is moving so fast right you know technically it's breaking and you know there's just there's a there's a lot of positive in in that direction but we you kind of don't want it to happen because you know, you go into a recession, right? I'm not. I, I I'm very adamant about, about this. You cannot have a job loss recession until the jobless claims break over 323000 So lower rates with the labor market still growing, positive. These are positives for the housing market. And uh, we've seen that in purchase application data. You know, I, th- I know that there was some confusion about the, uh, the, the data this morning, the uh, the season, the unseasonal adjusted numbers showed like 35% week to week growth that's not true you take it seasonally adjusted and, and just remember this around any holiday the purchase application data is going to get funky for about 2 weeks uh, and then it gets back to normal so uh, it's been a very positive trend since mortgage rates are falling and unlike last year last year we have from 7.37 to, to 5.99 here it's is 8% down to uh, 7% right now so all good things and it can get a lot better right there's upside here uh, uh for the right reasons rather than last year was you know london losing its pension for stuff like that the world markets the dollar was so strong last year and or 2022 that it caused so much chaos we don't have that the dollar's getting softer good good things to try to keep the financial conditions from getting or getting the financial conditions easier which is a full benefit for the u.s housing market
0: so let's go through the reasons that you think the Fed might get spooked by this, right? Because to me it's it feels like we're on a great trajectory as long as they don't come into the fray again.
1: You know, trying to understand certain Fed members is the logic might not be there if you if you're if you're looking at it right now where last year they said no no no, we're not cutting rates, we're not they they didn't agree with the marketplace but we were, they were still hiking back then. We're not, we're not there anymore. The fed's done hiking. So naturally the fed should think differently now. Um, and you're going to get good cop, bad cop, federal reserve, mm-hmm. but you know, w- one of the things I don't, I don't want to hear the fed says, and this might get too technical is that some say, Oh, well, the 10 year yields falling. So, you know, we might not need to cut, you know, y- y- like let that side of this cycle go just you know let the long end ease conditions for you and however you feel fit cutting rates we're going off of your own model and the fed is really restrictive right now with their policy with their fed funds rate of five and a quarter five and a half percent around there um and the growth rate of inflation especially on the short end uh they've got room to cut and not like cut three percent or you know get quantitative easing going or you know talk about that slowly cut not get so restrictive in policy land the plane
0: land the plane so last year when we got down to five point nine nine percent we had that pop-up in purchase applications which makes total sense people are the demand is there if if the rates get low enough for duration is what you always say is like they have to be lower for duration and part of that is homeowners have to actually believe that this is gonna last longer than just a couple weeks because we've had so much volatility over the last eighteen months. If you're a homeowner, you're not paying strict attention, you may feel like, you know, I I don't want to list my home because I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to buy a home and who knows what they're gonna go up to, right? So for you, what what length of duration helps homeowners feel like, yes, we can make this move?
1: A year, 12 to 18 months you know, kind of like what we, we, I mean, we, we had this in the previous expansion where mortgage rates ranged between three and a quarter and 5% for nine, 10 years. That's a very calm and normal marketplace. You know, uh, it was funny. One, one of the, uh, uh, real estate presidents were asking, well, mortgage rates went down during 2010 and 11 said, that's a different marketplace. The credit markets deteriorated. You had people underwater who couldn't even sell to buy a home anyway you know then you had foreclosures and sellers who were who could never buy a house in that kind of market so you need to ignore that market what we have seen after 2010 is that when lower mortgage rates happen every single time demand picks up when higher mortgage rates happen every single time demand gets hit because it's a much different marketplace but the calmness of you know rates coming down and staying down Right. I think that's that's gonna be such a key because then everyone starts to breathe and go, okay, I can work with this. And I think if, if I had to give some criticism to the Federal Reserve members, and I hope you're all listening, that you know, part of a functioning economy is the stability, right? You want a stability in prices, but stability in the financial marketplaces. And I understand. Why you guys went very reckless in 2022? You don't need to do that in 2023, but you did sometimes, and then you got paid the price for it. You don't need to do it at all. 2024, go the opposite way. You know, try that for a like. Stop being a scrooge, right? <laughs> go the opposite way, and let's see. Let's if, if the the growth rate of inflation is falling, uh, wage growth is cooling down. You as an institution are hurting the economy by keeping rates higher than the growth rate of inflation per your own model. So look in the mirror and listen to yourself. You're very restrictive. We've obviously debunked the 1970s. Okay, that that conversation should never even it's like you don't utter the words Mordor. Okay? So you do not utter the 1970s nonsense ever again. Okay? So let's move forward and stability Is a positive. So when you have your Fed presidents giving speeches, think about it before you talk. Right? Think about hmm, is this going to be stable? That's like that's literally the best advice I could give the Fed presidents right now, or the Fed staffers that write their speech. Think about stability at this stage. You never had to fight the 1970s war. And certainly at this point, you don't need to even, whatever war you think you're fighting at this point, let it go stable. But the long end of the bond market, because if the long end of the bond market goes lower too, you know that that does a lot of the work for you guys. So um, uh, it, again, things move so fast, Sarah. You know, and we're here talking about this because the ten-year yield is almost going to be under four percent. There's a possibility that when I'm depending on the jobless claims data that comes out tomorrow, I we might e- already be there. Um, so we, we, we don't have the luxury of waiting to talk about things. We have to get out in the open. So, uh, if mortgage rates get under 7%, the question is, can it get under six? If the labor data gets softer, especially job, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing about 2023 for me was jobless claims had to break to break that Gandalf line. Right. So, uh, we're, we're still far from that, but if that happens, there's your, there's another valid case for uh, lower rates. And just remember that disproportionately, the housing market benefits with lower rates. Disproportionately, it gets hit negatively. And 2022 is a great example. We had 4 million jobs created, right? And still, you know, we had the biggest home sale crash ever in one year. But when rates fall, remember, we have over 157 million people working that's the highest uh, uh, non-farm payroll workforce we've ever, and we are at very, very extreme. I would argue historically the lowest levels of sales ever compared to the workforce. You got, you got that base case to move up in sales, lower rates, better thing. There's no, there's no, there's no reason for them to even go into any kind of hawkish stance. And stability is the key. And I'm hoping the maturity of the Federal Reserve, you know shows itself by not making rookie mistakes, like somebody coming out in February of this year and saying, oh my God, people are buying homes again, 6% mortgage rates, are making our jobs. No, they're not. We forgive you for being wrong in 2023 about the 1970s inflation, but we will not forgive a repeat of that in 2024. Land the plane, change the tone, and stability is a key.
0: And you know the Federal Reserve um, said early on, and and you're like, you know, I believe them that they don't care about housing. They were like, you know what? They knew housing would be disproportionately affected. It's one of the levers that they have, right? The housing market moves so much of the economy, and they were like, yep, that's what we're trying to do.
1: You know, it, it it's the wrong. Approach. You know, it's it's funny. we I I always at these live presentations, I show the credit data, and it's just I always go, God, it's so beautiful. Look at this everyone hates us. everyone hates the world hates us. Look at that our FICO. it's a God, uh, social media is so stupid at times that like you, you could show the best household uh, credit sheet uh, uh, data lines that were so easy to read and they're like, no, I know someone nobody cares. these people are such trolls. Um, in any case, part of their, argument was that homeowners were in a good financial spot. I mean, part of my whole premise is household balance sheets. Look, I mean, we've been talking about this since COVID. Household balance sheets are better. All it takes is a second grade education and visually see. Obviously, we don't have people with the second grade education visually because they sit there and they go, oh my God, everyone's broke. And no, they're not. So if you look at the housing dynamics where the Fed said, and, and the irony is this was my February, 2021 article that I wrote, why we needed higher rates. This is not the market of 2005 where we're going to have foreclosures and bankruptcies increase uh, 2005, six, seven, eight. Here we are. Delinquency ratios or, or percentages are near all-time lows. Uh, there's no what we call stressed inventory data, 17 months. I Just let me remind everyone right now 17 straight months of new listings data trending at the lowest levels, and you guys, some of you are doing your Mickey Mouse routine about, oh my God, everyone's broke, Airbnb bus, there we go. No, 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 no. Uh-uh, honey. New listings data, 17 months, read. If you have stress in the data, that data will go vertical, okay? So it didn't. So there is some credence to what the Federal Reserve thought, you know, that household balance sheets. But we're now, we're at the stage where it, this would be the third calendar year of the recession for the existing home sales market. The growth rate of inflation is falling. Wage growth is falling. You're now doing a disservice to the country by keeping rates high with the growth rate of inflation falling right now. So land the plane, Jay.
0: So, we, you know, you showed a chart um, from Altos Research about how low inventory is nationwide, but then you you know when we do these um, when you give speeches at the various state association level, whether for mortgage or real estate, you also dig down into their state and just the number the the very few number of homes available for sale in Indiana. I mean, it made the whole room just go, "Wow!" I mean, it's it's sad, but well,
1: there's, there is. I mean, you think about it in this way: we're obviously going down into the seasonal inventory decline and we're like 550,000 single family homes nationwide. Think of it in the context of 335 million people. That I mean just just think about this. Look at your child or your spouse or your coworker and tell them there's 335 million people living in America. There's 157 million working. We have 550,000 single family homes available for sale. So, You know, uh, and you know, if we want, let's use the NAR data. The NAR data in two thousand seven, we had four million. We had four million active listings. We had two and a half million in two thousand five. We have a little bit over one point one million,
0: according to the NAR numbers. It's called NAR numbers. Even there,
1: I mean, everything is, and part of this again is homeowners are doing good. Like educated people who work and live normal lives, they don't sell to be homeless. Stock traders, on the other hand a different view but in this case this is not uh it's it it, the whole concept of the savagely unhealthy housing market too many people chasing too few homes this wasn't the credit bubble of the housing that was all i mean how many years have we been saying this since i worked here at housing wire you know um and when you have when you have this kind of marketplace it's it's like the hungry hungry hippo game You know, But if buyer demand starts to pick up, and I'm not talking about we're going to go back up to 6 million in the existing home sales market, you get lower rates, you get sellers that are buyers, you can grow sales from here easily. Uh, um, But it does need lower rates, and these lower rates for duration, and we will still have majority of the workforce working in 2024, even if the recession did come at some point next year. We got 157 million strong. This is the United States of America, baby. This ain't no Mickey Mouse third world country. We are here to play ball.
0: You know, well, so as you referenced, um, I think it was in 2021 where you wrote, you know, we need higher mortgage rates to cool off home prices, right? So the only downside to higher mortgage rates is – I mean, I'm sorry, lower mortgage rates – is that it might increase home prices, which are pretty unaffordable right now.
1: I I am still not worried about the savagely unhealthy housing market with rates at six percent, six to seven percent. I, I you you back then, I think the peak was what seventy five percent of the homes were were having multiple bids. Okay, so that was a you know a sub three and a quarter percent mortgage market. So the the one thing that that does trouble me that. I've never actually thought about this before, but because I, I, I don't necessarily believe in the pent-up buying uh, a th- thesis, I'm, and I, and I, Sarah, do I detest the sideline home buyer?
0: <laughs> you you do, do I, to I, an unreasonable degree, I actually. I
1: just detest the sideline. The sideline, like I remember the writing, idea
0: of the sideline. Home
1: I remember buyer. writing an article about the sideline home buyer in the last decade, and I put a picture of Bigfoot, you know, <laughs> into it. So. Um, but in this case this is this is this is much different. You have the biggest housing demographic patch ever. You have an utter collapse in home sales within a year. I I still I like I was trying to explain to to the, to they just say 2022 was just crazy abnormal. But we're missing about 4.7 million home sales. Okay. If the markets were normal. So in that sense, we don't know how, what the capture rate would be when rates go lower. So in that, in that context, lower rates can just boost up sales, but you still have that affordability issue. The concern I would have, which I'll cross that bridge when I get there. And then God I would like bring back the savagely unhealthy housing market in another form. I have to think of another creative term. Uh, is that if, if inventory gets lower again, and you just have the sheer size of the U.S. workforce, just a massive 157 million people, and then you're sitting here with like 300,000 single family. That's just that's not that's not what you or what you want. And again, the best way to deal with inflation is always supply. The best way to deal with supply is you got to build the homes. And um, we finally got caught, in an unfortunate reality. Because we've had grifters for ten years, talk about major housing deflationary events or collapses and everything, and we sat here with our biggest housing demographic patch, and we didn't have enough homes, and that's the problem. And and I'm not even one of those. The builders underbuilt on purpose. I just you know the whole the whole premise of the last decade for me was that we were going to have the weakest new home sales cycle ever recorded in history, which we did. Uh, we had four years of missed sales. Us, the builders aren't going to build like crazy in that environment. No, and you got to remember, we started 2007 with four million active listings. Existing homes are where all the inventory is is at, not the uh, not the builders. So, I think I, I think hopefully, if, if I've taught people one thing, is that do not look for the builders to flood a marketplace. They just it's just there's no data for that. They sell a home, you get a contract, you, you and then you're ready to move in. But unoccupied inventory is 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 a different creature all itself. So um, I'm still not worried about the savagely unhealthy odds with rates this high and affordability issues, but I am keeping an eye on the possibility if inventory does go lower and then we just get caught in a very bad position. And there's there's just no there's nothing you can do when you're being overwhelmed by such a big workforce and demographic patch with so little inventory. Uh, Because every buyer is different and of course, you know, you have so much selling equity for a lot of people that they could come in with cash or huge down payments and they offset a lot of other buyers and that's the frustration part, you know, uh, that so many people wanted to buy homes, they just kept on getting outbid left and right.
0: So, you know, you we talked about the duration needed for lower rates to really convince homeowners, but let's talk about business owners and this, specifically in the housing. So if you're a real estate brokerage, if you, if you have a mortgage company, if you work in either of those fields or appraisal title, at what point can you really believe that this is going to happen? Because last year, right? Last year at this time, uh, the, the mortgage rate forecast that people put in for 2023 was a little bit optimistic, in some cases, very optimistic. And I think that it was just a hard year. I mean, we know how hard it was for our industry. So if I'm out there, I'm like, great, okay, and we're talking about lower rates again. And it's like, I don't even want to get my hopes up. You know, how do I plan a business around this? When can I, you know, what's really, what can I really count on here?
1: You know, uh, bringing Gant off the gray and like holding the line when it was not probably popular or not even accepted because people thought we were going into a recession. I, I would, I would say this. We all know by March or April of next year, if this is a more legit run. Now, I personally believe it is just because the dynamics are different. Um, the Gandalf line would technically still be there. If we get, I mean, we if we get back there again, we're having, Sub six percent mortgage rates at, at, at that point, but uh, that move last year was so fast, and that was such a market move on the ten year yield, not related to inflation, but because of the, the the strong dollar, really created a lot of chaos. And it, and I, and I know I, I lose a lot of people when I bring the dollar into the housing economic discussion, but by March and April, if rates slowly move down and keep on going lower and lower, and the Fed is dovish. Games changed. And that's why That's why I've, I've always tried, to, especially the last few months, to talk about the history of economics outside of 1978. I'm willing to put that in there. Is that uh, when the Fed is done and the market believes they – Look look what – I mean, six, seven weeks ago, people were saying, oh, God, the deficit spendings are too much. The Bank of Japan, there's no way bonds could ever rally. And it's like, what do we say? This is usually the action you see at a peak. Right, the the crazy. I mean, I'm up to one o'clock in the morning looking at the ten-year yield trading overnight, and I was just like, and we kept on saying that this is what usually happens at peaks, and all these reasons for you know, and then all of a sudden it turned. So um, different backdrop, you know. With the lay, I mean, I'm telling you, if the jobless claims data starts to break on uh, on the Fed, boy, that look what bond bond markers did, bond traders did right now with not even a break of the labor market. You get a break of the labor market, they're going with it. So uh, God, 2024 is going to be interesting. Sarah, I am not kidding you. These five years, I mean, I've talked about years 20 to 2024 forever and nobody in a million years would have thought it would have been this much drama. But we try to make sense of it all. And uh, you know what? We talked a lot about rates uh, and the Fed the the last uh, uh, few podcasts, but this is the dynamics. We're, we're trying to explain these crazy moves because seven weeks ago, people were like, oh God, I'm not there. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to renew my lease and I can't, there's no buy. And all was a like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I mean, we had deals being lost because mortgage rates went up so much so fast. Those same people would be in their house today, Sarah Wheeler. Can you imagine? Oh, the Fed, the Scrooge. Oh my God. You know, I, I actually watched... Uh, um, uh, the movie, and I and I thought Jim Carrey did a great job. But the Grinch, you know the oh. <laughs> the, the the Fed, the Fed when they did their two meetings ago when they went hawkish, they and you know, he was basically pal and them were the Grinch, Jim Carrey. So now I'm hoping that it's the good Grinch and he realizes that Christmas is good and we need to save all the presents. And We need to get all the presents to everyone and then that'll be good and we don't need to ruin things and then we could progress forward on as a society because buying and selling homes is dysfunction and the housing market took so much of the brunt of the damage That having a positive Grinch. I Listen, all Fed members, go watch the movie The Grinch and watch the change of behavior. Even The Grinch, even The Grinch did this toward the end of the movie. If he can do it, you guys can do it.
0: Well, what's the line? Uh, his heart grew three tr- three times the size in one day. So that's what we will hope for here. Logan, thank you for walking us through this. I know you're keeping a very close eye on this. We'll talk to you again in a few days. But for right now, I'm going to be like, okay, I am optimistic right now about mortgage rates.
1: Yes. And we have Jobs Friday coming up. So... Uh- Buckle up. Friday morning should be even interesting. Every day has been interesting, but uh, so far, two for two on the weaker uh, labor data. We got jobless claims. By the time this podcast comes out, you'll get it. Jobs Friday is coming up. So economics never sleeps. Neither do I.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Pleasure.